P.T. Logan's Five Minutes of Terror. Twisted, troubling tales to send a chill up your spine. Trick or treat. There's that one house on every street. You know the one. The one that during the best day of the entire year, Halloween, its doors are closed and its lights are off. Now, sometimes this happens because the owner of the home are taking their children out trick-or-treating. But not this house. This house has a car in its driveway, and maybe even a second one on the street. And just an hour before the sun went down, the lights in the kitchen and throughout the home were on. But as soon as it gets close to trick-or-treat time, lights off, doors closed, and all is quiet. Like you, my street has one of these houses. It's all dark, and there are never any decorations outside, even for the lesser holidays like Christmas and Easter. There is a rumor about this house, however, about how it used to be the most amazingly decorated place on the entire street. They had an elaborate display, including dozens of animatronics. You know, the creepy dolls that come to life when you approach. There was a 10, maybe 20 foot high witch, and it was all run by a man in a clown suit. People loved it, children and adults alike. But the rumor is that the man in the clown suit didn't like to take down his decorations. Soon, Halloween became Thanksgiving, then Christmas and New Year's. Several of the neighbors complained and the police were called in. Nobody knows what happened to the clown. One day, all the decorations were just gone and the place had never been decorated since. I'm too young to have ever seen the house, which is a shame. Normally, I just walk by, trying to maximize the amount of candy I can get from the decorated houses. There's no point wasting time at a house that definitely doesn't celebrate the best holiday anymore. But not tonight. After I say bye to my friend Polly, who had been dressed up as a devil, I find myself staring at the house. It's so dark and quiet and sad. I'm not sure why, but I walk up to the front door even though it's almost 9 o'clock and my mom told me to be home at 9. My hand is shaking a little as I ring the doorbell. There is no sound. The bell doesn't go off and I hear no stirring from inside the home. I sigh, but I'm not ready to give up. I should be hurrying home. If I'm out later than 9.15, my mom will come looking for me, and I don't want that. Two years ago, my mom came looking for me because I lost track of time, and when she found me, She confiscated half my candy. Half. Can you believe that? I knock on the door. Three loud, resounding thumps. And this time I hear a reply, but it's not at all what I expect. It's an echo. The house sounds strangely hollow. I allow my eyes to drift upward to look at the house. As I do, the streetlights behind me flicker and go out. My breath is coming in shorter gasps, and the darkness seems to have a weight to it seems to press down against me. This is a bad idea, I realize. A very bad idea. I take one step backwards when the door suddenly opens. Not like someone is opening it from the inside, however, but it just slowly creaks open on its own. My heart is racing now, and I want to run. I need to run. I have to get home soon, but I have to look, too. Just one little peek. I take a step forward, then another... Then I lower my head and look inside, only to realize that I can't see anything at all. It's dark outside, but inside the house? 
It's like a black hole. There isn't just an absence of light either, but the house seems to be sucking all the illumination from the surrounding space. Nope, I say to myself, shaking my head. I'm not going. But then I see it. Not ten feet in front of the door is a small table, which seemed to materialize out of nowhere. And on this table sits a silver bowl. I'm not even sure how I can see it, given the fact that there is no light inside the house. Maybe it's glowing or something, but I can. Lying in the bowl is a coffee crisp chocolate bar. Now, I like chocolate bars just like any other 12-year-old kid, but coffee crisp is my absolute favorite. Not only that, but this isn't one of those cheesy, tiny, bite-sized chocolate bars. It's a full-sized one. My heart is still racing, but now I can feel my mouth start to water. Deep down, I know I should leave, but this is Halloween. I'm not supposed to enter strangers' houses, but I'm also not supposed to accept candy from strangers. But that's pretty much the goal of the entire holiday. Get candy, eat candy, and then get something my mom calls diabetes, whatever that is. I take another step forward. I'm still on the porch, but now I'm within arm's reach of the open door. The coffee crisp comes further into focus. Its edges seem to shine, making it even more enticing. I'll just dart in, grab the chocolate bar, then head right out, I tell myself. It's a good plan, a safe plan, a Halloween plan. I nod to myself, then move forward, making up my mind. All it takes is six steps to enter the house and grab the candy bar. It's cold to the touch. Cold? Why is it cold? As I stare at the chocolate bar, it starts to move. I drop it back into the bowl, but not before I realize that what I'm holding isn't a chocolate bar at all. It's a handful of slimy, wriggling worms. I scream and shake my hand. The worms fall into the silver bowl, and I see that it's full of other bugs. Maggots and mealworms and ants and earwigs. They seem to be eating something. Something dark. My coffee crisp. I gag and wipe the slime from my palm on the front of my costume. This was a terrible idea. Such a bad, bad... A hand suddenly comes down on my shoulder, and I scream again. The grip is strong, too strong, the hand too big, and I know that there is no escape. And then I hear the voice. I can't see the speaker, but I know it's a clown's voice. It has that high-pitched, laughing quality, but I know that this is no joke. Welcome to the fun house, Ian. I hear you like Halloween. In here, we celebrate Halloween all year long. I'm suddenly blinded by lights and deafened by music that comes out of nowhere. There are circus tents all around me, and the music is like that from a carnival. That's when I see them. The children. There are maybe a dozen of them. Brave souls like me who at one point dared to knock when everyone else just walked by the house. They're still wearing their costumes, and they're holding bags of candy. But their heads are down, their shoulders slump. How long have they been here, I wonder. I see costumes of characters that were popular years ago. But that can't be, can it? These children couldn't have been here all that time, could they? I have to go, I whine, tears spilling from my eyes. The man holding me with his big hand spins me around and stares into my face. He's a clown, all right, but he isn't wearing a mask. His eyes are a bright red, which matches his bulbous nose. And he's smiling, which is the worst part. His smile continues way beyond where his lips end, splitting his cheeks in half, revealing hundreds of tiny pointed teeth. No, little Ian, the man says with a horrible laugh. 
This is the best holiday of the year. They wouldn't let me keep my display up outside, so I moved it inside. And that way we could celebrate Halloween all year long. I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. But what makes it so special is that it only happens once a year. I look at the other children who are miserably wandering around the circus tents and think, will I still love Halloween after a week, a month, a year? Drink or treat. The clown hisses in my ear. His smile grows even wider. If I were you, I'd go with Trick because you're going to be eating a lot of treats forever. P.T. Logan's Five Minutes of Terror. Twisted, troubling tales to send a chill up your spine.